Hey, this is Pastor Chris with Believer City Church. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message on today. It's my prayer that something said will encourage you to believe in God, believe in yourself, and believe in others. And with that being said, let's jump straight into the message. You have your Bibles and you don't mind, go with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, I want to read one verse to you today, verse 31. Uh, But before I do, can you just repeat after me and say, Father God, I'm here today seeking a word from you. So open my ears that I can hear. Touch my heart so that I will feel. And renewing me a right mind so that I will do. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, amen. Amen. If nobody knows anything about Isaiah chapter 40 or anything about the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, many people know this one particular verse. Isaiah chapter 40, looking at verse 31, it just rocks my world as I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. If you don't have your Bible, you can read along on the screen. It simply says, yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. In the Old Testament, in the the King James Version, it would say, would renew thy strength. Uh, And you would gain new strength. They will what? Mount up with wings like an eagle. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. They that wait on the Lord. For a moment today, I want to simply title a subject matter of this text with a question, pose it with a question, and the question is simply, what are you waiting for? You may be seated on today. What are you waiting for? I begged and pleaded for my wife to give me children. She delayed me for a couple of years. Uh, I, I kept asking for children, and she was like, do you really want children? And I was like, yes, I really, really want Children, she says, you must don't know what it means to have children. See, I was raised with a sister that was only two years younger than me, so I didn't have to raise my sister because I was not old enough to raise my sister. But there were some times in my wife's life where she was looking after her younger brother, and so she understood what it meant to deal with somebody that didn't want to take a bath, to deal with somebody that wanted to mouth off and talk back. She had to go through all of those type of things. And so she had spent enough time helping her mom out uh, as they were growing up with her younger brother that she was like, no, time out. I didn't talk about children before we get married. We didn't, we wasn't going through this. Uh, I'm not ready for this right now. Can, can we just go to Paris? Can we go, can we go visit some places? Can we get a dog? Anything other than a child. And I was like, I was kicking and screaming, throwing the feet. Now, I want a kid. But I didn't really understand what having a kid meant. When you have a kid, your whole life gets shifted. Your money gets shifted. Your time gets shifted. I mean, your sleep gets shifted. Everything is shifted simply because you decided to have a child. And don't let that child have a fly mouth. Because all of a sudden, you begin to think to yourself, how dare you after everything I've had to give up just so that you can be here? Don't you know I could have been in Paris? I could have had a dog. I could have did so many other things if I didn't have you. But I'm yet grateful still for my children. I've learned a lot from my children. The one thing that my kids like to do more than anything is play games. They love to play games, and they get really excited 
when they beat me at games. They just, I don't know what it is. If some of y'all saw us on social media, we were playing uh, Trouble, and my daughter beat her daddy, and she just began to make some type of dance and throw her fist at me. I beat daddy. I beat daddy. I beat. She was just so excited that she beat her father. And I was just sitting there like, okay, so what? People lose sometimes. It's cool. But it, to her, it was as if she had conquered the world because she had beat her father. But what my kids don't know that they'll find out today is that there's always a game that we play in my house that I always win. There's always a game that we play in my house that I always win. And that game is simply this. This, this game is called Can You Wait? Can you wait? Why? If the game is called Can You Wait? Because for some obscene reason, my kids find the most unappropriate times to come and ask me for any and everything. I could have just got through fixing me something to eat, asked them if they wanted something to eat. Now I'm in the midst of eating, and all of a sudden they come to me, Daddy, can I have something to eat? Can you wait? I could be in the midst of, of doing some work online, reading, studying, whatever it is. They hear some kids outside, and they want to go outside and play, and knowing that the only way they can go outside is if I go outside with them. And their thing, and my response when they ask me, can I go outside, is simply, can you wait? And God forbid I have to go use the restroom. And if you parents, you have kids, you already know what it is. And, and you're in the midst of using the restroom, and they come knock. Now, they don't even knock on the door. They just open the door. And ask for any and everything. And the simple question is, can you wait? The objective of the game for can you wait is even though you ask me for something, even though you want something, I need you to realize the only way that you're going to get what you get, you have to wait on me to get it for you. You don't have the power. You don't have the strength. You don't have the ability to get it. So therefore, when I get ready to do what you're asking me to do, I will do it. And so what they do is they, they take that opportunity and they step back and they say, yes, daddy, I can wait. But the wait changes because they're no longer waiting to go outside. They're no longer waiting for a bowl of cereal. Now they're waiting on daddy to be ready to provide for them whatever it is they need. The wait has shifted from them being about what they want to being about who's going to provide it. For a moment today, as we deal with this, this subject matter of what are you waiting for, I, I have a desire, I have a goal as the pastor, as the preacher today, my goal is to encourage you to transform your waiting period into a worshiping period. My, my goal is to transform your waiting period into a worshiping period because I believe, I believe, I believe this is just a thought, this is just a theme. You might be able to write this down, you might be able to remember it. I believe that when we are waiting but decide to worship is the, is the, is the point in our life where we truly win. When we're waiting but decide to worship, it's the point in our life where we truly win. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because I want you to understand that there's a difference between waiting and worshiping. A lot of people look at this text, Isaiah chapter 40. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. And a lot of people look at it as simply just saying, oh, this is a scripture about patience. This is a scripture about waiting. But I want to make sure that you understand it's not just about being patient. It's not just about, being, about waiting. Why? Because if it was, the text would have said this. They that wait should renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, somebody didn't notice that there's something missing in that text. The text didn't just say they that wait. The text says they that wait on the Lord. In other words, while I'm waiting, I'm waiting with purpose. I'm not just waiting on something. I'm waiting with purpose, and I'm waiting not just looking for anybody, but a specific somebody that can make everything happen on my behalf. I don't just want to wait. I want to wait on the Lord. Can I help you today? There's people in here. Everybody is waiting on something, and the problem is that some of us have been waiting on that something for far too long. Some of us have been waiting for our finances to get right. Some of us have been waiting for our marriages to get right, our children to get right. We've been waiting for the right job. We've been waiting for the right spouse. We've been waiting for all the right things but we've been waiting in all the wrong ways the reason I say that because we've been spending so much time waiting on the thing instead of waiting on the Lord the thing has no power to come to you but the Lord has all power to provide for you and so when Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, those that wait on the Lord, we have to make sure we understand it's not just about waiting. It's who you're waiting and it's how you're waiting. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord because when I wait on the Lord, it gives me access to what only the Lord can provide. I want you to understand, I want you to think about whatever that thing is that you've been waiting for. Have you been waiting on a husband? Have you been waiting on a job? Have you been waiting on the finance? And ask yourself, in my waiting, have I been waiting on the Lord? Because the truth of the matter is there are some differences in when you wait for it and when you wait for it on God. So I ask you, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the it or are you waiting for him? I had, to, I had to share this message with myself. I had to share this message with my wife because it begins to ask me, it begins to make me challenge myself and ask myself, as pastoring, am I waiting for my church to grow or I'm waiting for God to grow me? See, there's a difference. There's a difference. I can wait for the church to grow and I can wait my whole life. And guess what? While I'm waiting, I'm wasting. Because as long as I'm focusing on the it factor and not on the him factor, I'm wasting time. This is why many of us get frustrated in the midst of our wait. Because we're not waiting on him. We're waiting on the it. And as a result of it, we get upset. We get tired. We get weary. All of these things happen because we spend so much time waiting on it. People have been in relationships waiting to get married for 10 years. You waiting for him or her to do the right thing. But have you even asked God, am I doing the right thing? They that wait on the Lord. Maybe you wouldn't have to be in 10 relationships if you waited on the Lord to send you the right one. Oh, that hurt. That hurt. Maybe you wouldn't be changing jobs every month if you really allowed God to show you what you're supposed to be doing instead of what you're wanting to do. Maybe you wouldn't be so frustrated with your finances if you trusted God with your finances, if you trusted God to lead you and guide you and to provide for you. Maybe life wouldn't be so frustrating if you learned to wait on him. 
Why is it so hard to receive a breakthrough? Why is it so hard to receive provisions? Why is it so hard to be happy? Uh, it's possibly because you're looking for it in all the wrong places. They that wait on the Lord. I don't know about you. I ain't got to preach another message from here on. I don't have to say another thing today. I could just feast off of that. Waiting on the Lord. But Isaiah takes it a step further. He says, listen, I want to make sure that you understand something. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not get tired. They shall walk and not grow weary. He says, I want to make sure that you understand there's a reason that you have to wait on the Lord. Now, I begin to study this text. I begin to look at this text, and I, I wanted to be able to truly define this in the manner that it needed to be defined because all of us have heard this scripture time and time again. But what good is a word if you can't work it? And so I want to find out how do I work the word? How do I make this happen? And what I come to find out is what Isaiah was saying in verse 31 actually got its validity in, in verse 28. So go with me to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. And I want you to see something. There's a pattern happening here because in verse 28, there's a, a couple of questions that are posed. The question simply says, do you not know? Have you not heard. Oh. And then he goes on to say the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His, under, his understanding is inscrutable. This is what it says about the defining of who God is. Before Isaiah says in chapter 40 verse 31, if you wait on the Lord, he takes the time in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, and tell you who the Lord is. See, many of us can't wait on the, oh, God. Many of us can't wait on the Lord because we still don't know who the Lord is. Big Mama didn't have no problem waiting on the Lord. Because while Big Mama was waiting on the Lord, Big Mama seen the Lord take her through some times that some of us couldn't deal with. Big Mama seen us be provided for a time after time. Big Mama know how to make a meal out of just some cornmeal, milk, and some grease. Big Mama will feed a whole family off a little bit of nothing. So she's seen what God can do. And so the, the, the definition of God is what determines what God can do in her life, what she will trust God to do. This is why many of us are serving the same God that Big Mama served, but the problem is we don't have the same relationship that Big Mama had. Many of us, we got a social media relationship with God. As long as somebody posted something, I'll like it or love it, but I still got to figure it out on my own. Big Mama had that private, I got to get in my closet type of relationship with God. See, we, so, we, 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 we some fronting Christians now. We want to put it up for everybody to see. Yeah, yeah. But Big Mama, she was the faithful Christian back then. She didn't care who seen her. She got into the closet where nobody could see her. Can I help you today that, that we have to get to a point in our lives where we truly know who God is. Your understanding of God 
will assist you in what you undergo with God. Your understanding is what gives you the ability to undergo. This is why Isaiah doesn't come and say, listen, if you wait, this is going to happen. I mean, Isaiah, my son, my son personally, if I don't tell him specifically, hey, wait, and I get, give me a minute and we'll go out, he don't want to wait. He don't want to wait because he needs to know. He, he, he's that's intelligent. He's like, Daddy, are you telling me to wait because you don't want to do it? Or, you, Daddy, you're telling me wait because you're serious that we're really going to go when you say it's done. And so I have to clarify what that means. And so Isaiah says, I'm not just going to ask you to wait. I want to make sure that you know who you're waiting on, who you're waiting for. Because if, if I can show you who you're waiting for, then when I give you the opportunity to wait, then maybe you will experience something different because you know who you're waiting for. And so what I want to do today is I want to, I want to kind of pair up Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Because I believe that 28 is what gives me the power to stand fast in verse 31. There's a couple of points I want to make sure that you understand. The first point that I want to make sure that you understand is when you're waiting on the Lord, you find strength to endure. When you're waiting on the Lord, you find strength to endure. The first thing that we see in Isaiah chapter 40 Verse 31, it says, yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. That's the first line, the first phrase. Those who, get, who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. And I want to ask myself, why will I gain new strength? And in order for me to understand why I need to, I'll be able to gain new strength, I have to go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, where it shows me this. It simply says, uh, do you not know, have you not heard, but this is my favorite part right here, the everlasting God. The everlasting God. I want you to hold on to that right there. The everlasting, not ending, won't run out. It's the energizer bunny just keeps going and going and going. And so when Isaiah tells me in, ch in chapter 40, verse 31, that I will gain new strength, I want to make sure that you understand what has to happen. In order to gain new strength, you got to lose your old strength. In other words, for some of us, our old strength was big mama. For some of us, our old strength was a man. For some of us, our old strength was our job. For some of us, our old strength was our finances. This is what made us strong. This is what made us who we are. So he says, listen, if you wait on the Lord, you will gain new strength. In other words, there will be a period where you're down. There will be a period where you feel weak. There will be a period where you feel vulnerable. But the thing is, if you go through it with the Lord, you will gain new strength. This is where the devil gets us. This is where the devil gets us every time. The devil gets us every time because the fact of the matter is we go down. We get weary. And instead of waiting on the Lord, we just walk back. You're at that point. At that point. See, the devil will make you think. That the hardest point in your life is a mile long. That the loneliest point in your life is a mile long. That your finances, the situation that you're in being broke is a mile long. He won't make you think that, but truly you're only a step away. But the thing is that, that you get so frustrated. You get so annoyed. You feel weak. You're like when, when I wasn't trusting on God, when I was trusting on on my man, when I was trusting on my mama, when I was trusting on my friends, you was like I had everything 
that I wanted. I might not have been happy. I might have had to deal with some foolishness, but I had everything that I wanted. And so that message begins to play over and over in your head. And what ends up happening is instead of you pushing forward, instead of you standing up, instead of you standing firm, you just give in. So Isaiah says to them, listen, if you wait on the Lord, you'll gain new strength. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to be frustrated about anything. What, what, what used to make you strong won't make you strong anymore because you'll have everlasting strength now. So in other words, when my money run out, it don't matter to me because I have everlasting strength now. Uh, when my finances, when my friends leave me, I don't have to worry about it anymore because I got an everlasting friend now. I, I don't have to worry about anything because what I used to have that was temporary, now I have and it's everlasting. We gain new Strength. I want, to, I want you to understand the value of that. Every Sunday we come in, we change the batteries in our microphones. And, and some people ask me, Pastor, why do you change the batteries every Sunday when you come in? I say, I have to get new batteries because I want to make sure that I have new strength. I, I want to make sure that in the midst of my message, my battery don't go dead. And they say, well, Pastor, you have 50% of the battery left in your old battery. So what? 50% ain't 100. I don't know about you, but I don't want a 50% salvation. I don't want a 50% provider. I don't want a 50% way maker. I need 100% in every aspect of my life. So I need that everlasting type of God. I need that everlasting type of strength that can give me everything I need, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through. He's willing to provide for me from day to day because he's everlasting. I don't have to worry about recharging them. I don't have to worry about replacing them. I don't need nobody else because I have him. He is the everlasting God. Second point, I want to make sure that you understand. When you are waiting on the Lord, when you're waiting on the Lord, you understand that limits ooh, don't limit you. Can I, can I help you today? I, I just want to help somebody. Uh, you understand that limits don't limit you. You, the text says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And then it says that they will mount up with wings like an eagle. I've I never seen an eagle mount up with wings. So I had to take the time to study what does it mean to mount up with wings like an eagle. I had to take a, a, a moment to, to learn what does an eagle go through. I, I did not know that eagles try their best to never land on the ground. Eagles try their best to never land on the ground. The reason why is because their wingspan is usually nine feet or more. And the, sometimes there's not, enough, ooh, there's not enough space for an eagle to lift itself off the ground. Can I help you understand? Some of y'all are being on ground level with your relationships. Some of you are being on ground level with your faith with God. And the reason why you can't get to the next place, there's not enough space for you to flap your wings because the, the eagle has to flap its wings to lift its body. And some of us are surrounded by people we don't need to be surrounded. This ain't even in my message. But some of us are surrounded by people that we don't need to be surrounded for and they take it up our space. They're not letting us soar like we should soar. They're not letting us become who we're supposed to become. And, and so the Bible says, they that wait on the Lord, stop waiting on your mama, stop waiting on your friends, stop waiting on your job, stop waiting on all that stuff that's taking up your space. He says... They'll mount up with wings like an eagle and soar. And what happens when an eagle soars? What happens when an eagle soars? An eagle usually dives off of something. And when he dives off of something, he has to flap his wings and thrust his body. 
He flaps his wings and thrusts his body. Because what he has to do is he, he's so big, the wings are so heavy, he has to get the current up under his wings. He has to get the current up under his wings. And so what he does, he gets to a point that he gets the current up under his wings, and then he just begins to soar. That's why he does, he's not like other birds that have to keep flapping. He's not like them. He, he just soars. He just lets the wind carry. He, he, he flies like he has not a care in the world. He just soars. Things just begin to move for him because he, he, he's sowing. And, 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 and it got me, and I really got happy about that. But what I really got happy about is what an eagle does when there's a storm. Most birds, in the midst of a storm, they try to find shelter. They, in other words, they find somewhere to run and hide. But what an eagle does, oh, thank you, Jesus. What an eagle does, an eagle, he strengthens his wings, and he flies head fast into the storm. Can, can I help you today? Some of us, we, when, when we look at this text, we're missing the point that, that God is saying, it's not that you're gonna, not going to have storms, but I need you to be strong enough to fly head fast into the storm. And so what he does, he flies head fast into the storm with a reason, because he knows in the center of the storm, there's calm. It's an eye. And you know what happens? He begins to let the storm, ooh, Work on his behalf. Can I help? I want some of you to allow your storm, that relationship that you're going through, that financial burden that you're struggling with, that friend that's getting on your nerve, whatever it is that's bothering you and holding you down, that storm, you need to learn how to make it work on your behalf. Because what the eagle does, he, he flies in the midst of that storm. He flies in the midst of that storm, and he, and he gets into the midst of the storm, and what happens is the storm is whipping around. It's doing its thing, and he just begins to let his wings, and what happens the storm just carries him up. And then what happens, he rises above the storm, and now he's flying above looking below. Some of us are always getting caught in the storm, not because we, we're not, we didn't go head first in the storm, but it's because we've been hiding in shelter. We've been hiding in shelter, and so while we're hiding in shelter, the storm is coming to us instead of us going to the storm. And so therefore, the storm is working against us instead of working for us. Because when the storm comes from my house, and a tornado comes from my house and destroys my house, if I'm hiding in the midst of the house, then the problem is that the storm is after me. But the eagle says, I'm going to take control of this thing. I'm going to go to the tornado. Because I know no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I, I, I'm going to go to this thing. In other words, the feeling of loneliness that I have, I'm going to make it work together for my good. The feeling of depression that the enemy tries to put upon me, I'm going to flip that and make it work for, together. for the, the ability to be broke in a time where I'm in need, I'm going to make it work together for my good. Because I'm going to fight head first into that storm. Because I know if I can get into the middle of the storm, that's when God's going to work it out. I, I don't know about you, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to get into the middle of the fire. Daniel had to get into the, the, the middle of the lion's den. David had to get in the middle of the fight. Jesus had to get into the middle of the cross. It had to happen because something happens in the middle. We got to get to the middle. And so he says, listen, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. So we understand that mounting up with wings as an eagle helps us understand that we are not limited by limits. In other words, forget what it looks like. I serve an everlasting God. And the reason I can stand on this and I can believe this because in verse 30 it tells me that if I mount up with wings, in 31 it tells me mounting up with wings like an eagle is what will happen if I wait on the Lord. But when I look at verse 28, it tells me that my everlasting God, you know who I'm talking about, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, 
In other words, I can go through whatever I have to go through because I'm not just riding with anybody. I'm riding with the one that has created it all. So if the storm, it's only here because he's approved it to be created. And so if he approved it to be created, that means whatever I'm going to go through, is he's going to have to bring me out of. But in order for him to bring me out of it, I have to be in the middle what? Of it so that he can bring me out of it. Why? So that he can get the glory. That's all God is looking for is to get the glory. If many of us come to understand that our blessing is attached to God getting the glory, many of us will be serving God more because we know that every time we serve him, he blesses us and we glory him. And serve him, bless us, glory him. It's just that simple. It's a simple mathematic equation. I want to put myself in situations that allow God to pull me out. I want to be weak because in my weakness, he is strong. I want to go through life. But I want to go through it with him and not alone. We come to understand not only do we find strength to endure, not only do we understand that limits don't limit us, but we come to realize the next point that we realize that quitting is not an option. Ooh, can I help you? If you're waiting for something and you decide to quit, this should be the number one sign that lets you know that you wasn't waiting on the Lord. Because when you're waiting on the Lord, quitting is not an option. He says, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. Catch this, they will run and not get tired. I get tired just walking sometimes. So I, can, I can't understand what it means to run and not get tired. Lord, you're telling me I'm going to run and not, I dare you ask me to run a marathon right now. I might ride a marathon, but I'm not going to run a marathon. But God says, listen, if you truly are waiting on me, you're going to run and not get tired. In other words, you're going to live and not want to give up. Many of us fail we quit because we've been waiting on the it and not waiting on him. I had a friend of mine ask me, Pastor Chris, man, how are you still pushing through? Man, if it was me, I would have went ahead and took a position at another church. I would have did this. I would have did that. Uh, and I had to remind him, listen, it's not about how many people I have in my church. It's about am I doing what God has called me to do? As long as I'm doing what God has called me to do, I can preach to 10 just like I'll preach to 10,000. Because I'm dealing with the people that God has given me to deal with. See, some of us are so busy waiting on the it that, that we can't wait with a spirit of worship. Because waiting with a spirit of worship requires you to understand that whatever I'm going through right now is not about me. It's all about him. Whatever I'm in the midst of, whatever I'm enduring right now is not about me. And so when you come to that understanding, you can run and not get tired. I love it because what, where verse 31 tells me I can run and not get tired. Verse, verse 28 tells me that, the, the, you know, the everlasting God, the God, the creator of all ends of earth, it goes on and says, he does not become weary or tired. So in other words, the strength that I have not to get tired is only my strength not to get tired simply because I'm waiting on the Lord. So the next time you're going through something, the next time you're enduring something, you say, I'm tired of this. So you need to tell yourself right then, am I waiting on the Lord or am I waiting on the it? I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of being broke. And, and every time you say that I'm tired, you should identify that obviously I'm doing something wrong. Because if I was waiting on the Lord, I would not be 
tired. I would not be tired because, because of the fact that when I'm waiting on the Lord, tiredness is not a possibility. The desire to quit is not an option. I push on because I know that I'm waiting on him to provide all that I need. I love this about the text. It just brought everything to life for me to understand that it's not that many of us aren't waiting. We're just not waiting on him. The Bible goes on to show with us a fourth and a final principle. The final principle he goes on to show us is the understanding not only do we find strength and enduring, not only do we understand that limits don't limit us, not only do we realize that quitting is not an option, but we understand what was designed to confuse us. When you wait on the Lord, you understand what was designed to confuse you. Catch this, verse 31, last, last stanza of verse 31, it says, they will walk and not become weary. They will walk and not become weary. When you look at verse 28, the last stanza of verse 28 says, he, his understanding is inscrutable. They will walk and not become weary. His understanding is inscrutable. I want to put this in, in an understanding that you, that you could possibly realize. Just imagine that you were traveling out of town to visit a loved one. And, and in the midst of you traveling out of town to visit a loved one, uh, your car broke down. Your car broke down, you ran out of gas, whatever it may be, and there was nobody out for some odd reason on the highway, and if there was somebody on the highway, they were not willing to stop. Your cell phone don't have reception because you're in the middle of the country. You have only one option. That option is to walk to the closest phone that could possibly be 10 miles away, could possibly be a mile away, but you only have one option. It's to start walking to your next, to your destination so you can try to reach somebody for help. And so the Bible says that they will walk and not grow weary. I, I just told you it's hard for me to walk and not even get tired sometimes. And, and so imagine me having to walk miles. And not, the, what usually happens in the midst of them walking, they, become to, they begin to ask themselves, is it really worth it? Should I really go this way? Am I lost? Is anybody going to even be there? Will I ever make it? And so what happens is weariness leads to weariness. Being weary leads to worry. And so what happens is that, that, that Isaiah says, they that wait on the Lord shall walk and not grow weary. In other words, as I do life, I'm not going to worry if I wait on the Lord. But I will worry in life if I'm not waiting on the Lord. So in other words, God, you're telling me every time I've been worried, it's because I hadn't been waiting on you? I want you, to, I want you to be honest with yourself. How many times have you expected God to do something on your behalf, but truly on the inside, you were worrying? Do you know that worry counsels out your worship? You can't worry and worship at the same time. I, I want you to try it. Try to think right now of, of, of a bad thing. Try to think of a bad thing, the worst moment in your life right now, the worst moment of anything that ever happened all over your life. And at this moment right now, when I slap my fingers, I want you to think of a good thing. If you really did it, instantly when I snap my fingers and you try to think about a good thing, something had to happen. Either I had to stop thinking about the bad to focus on the good 
or I didn't think about the good because I was what? So focused on the bad. If you're so focused on what you're worrying about, you can't find yourself in a position to worship about it. You can't worry and worship at the same time. It's, it's not physically possible. You can't think about bad and good at the same time. You have to find out which do I choose. And so he says in the text that they that wait on the Lord shall walk and not worry. So in other words, while I'm doing life, while I'm going through the storm, while I'm in the midst of everything I'm going through, it's okay. I can go through it because I know that I understand what was meant to confuse me. Pastor, what do you mean I understand what was meant to confuse you? Because everything that you go through, every form of, of struggle, every form of trial, every form of test may have been approved by God, but it was orchestrated by the enemy. It was meant to break you. It was meant to destroy you. Your failed marriage was meant to destroy you. You getting fired from your job was meant to destroy you. Your children not doing what they supposed to do. And yeah, I said children, like old folks used to say, not doing what they supposed to do was meant to destroy you. The loss of a loved one was meant to destroy you. But if you find yourself in the midst of whatever you're going through, worshiping, it can't destroy you. It can't destroy you because the Bible has said to us over and over again that God will never leave us nor forsake us. So if I'm going through it, he has to be going through it. And I want you to imagine for a minute. Come here, baby. Come here, baby. My soulmate, my boo, my sweet thing. Mm, mm, mm. I, I, I want you to imagine for a minute while I'm doing life, I'm doing life with her. I'm doing life with her. So whatever you try to do to me, you have to do it to her. And, and the thing is, if I decide to stumble and fall, she has a responsibility to lift me up. She has a responsibility to lift me up. Now, now we as humans can fail each other. I'm too heavy sometimes. We, we, we can fail each other. But, but the thing is, God can't fail. So if God says, I'm always with you, that means when things get rough, don't worry. I got you. You ain't got to worry about nothing. Matter of fact, I go before you. I go to prepare a place for you. He shows us over and over that, that we're in this together. But what happens far too often is we try to leave God and do it on our own. And, and we were meant to work together as a team. He and I, we, we are meant to do life just like me and her are meant to do life together. But we have to get together and push through together. I can't do this by myself, I have to wait on the Lord. I have to wait on her. I can't make no move without her making a move. That's my helper. I, I, we, we work together as a team. There's things I don't understand that she understands. Things I don't comprehend that she comprehends. And so as a result of it, I, I don't need to make a move without her. I have to be willing to wait for her because she gives me the strength that I need to endure everything I need. God gives me the strength that I need to endure everything that I need to do. But the thing is, you have to walk with him, Amen. not without him. They that they will walk and not grow weary. I can walk with you, Lord, but I can't walk without you. I'm willing to walk with you, but I can't walk without you. So Isaiah blows my mind because he challenges us to understand that the responsibility of a believer is not just to wait. It's to wait on the Lord. And so you have to go back now and reevaluate your life and everything that you're waiting for 
and waiting on? Is it just things that you want? Is it just things that you think you need? Or are you waiting for the Lord? The benefit of waiting for the Lord, it takes your focus off of the thing. I told y'all earlier that I played a waiting game with my kids. My kids will want to go outside and play. My kids will want to get something to eat. But they know that if daddy says, can you wait? Can you wait just one second? Let me finish what I'm doing. They have changed their, their focus from focusing on the thing to now they're just focusing on daddy. They, that's just what they do. They, have, they used to be in their room when they wanted the thing or they were in the kitchen where they wanted the thing. Now they position themselves wherever daddy is and just sit there and wait on daddy. Because I have to wait on daddy to get me what I need. And, and you know the thing I love about my son, my son, he, he, he's just a splitting image of me, just a lighter version. He didn't get the chocolate like I got. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but, but what happens is what Isaiah does, Isaiah does, he, when he's waiting on daddy to go outside, and this is good. This is real good. This is good. I want to I wanna, I wanna really help you. We're going to close on this. While Isaiah is waiting on daddy, come here, Isaiah, show the people you. I love you. I love you. Show the people you. While Isaiah is waiting to go outside, Isaiah doesn't come to me and ask me to go outside without being dressed. Can, can, I, can I help you? Isaiah knows that he can't go outside undressed. In order for Isaiah to go outside, you got to have on what, a shirt? T-shirt, shoes, and You got to be dressed. So when Isaiah comes to me asking to go outside, he comes to me and he says, Daddy, can I go outside? And he's already dressed. And you know why Isaiah comes to me and already dressed? Because he knows the next question that I have. Are you ready? Are you dressed? And if he's not dressed, guess what he has to do? He now has to waste time, go back, and get ready. But as long as he comes to me already ready, then guess what he's done? He's erased any responsibility on him to do anything else. Can I help you today? Some of us are steady asking God for something. Some of us are steady asking God to do something. But the thing is, we ain't got ready yet. We want to receive it, but we ain't got it. We ain't put on our shirt. We ain't put on our pants. We ain't put on our shoes. And so what happens is that we have to go before God. God, give me this. God, can I have this? And he's looking at you. Are you really ready? And so he knows that you're not ready, so go back and get ready. You want that man? Are you really ready? Go back and get ready. You want that job? Are you really? Go back and get ready. And so we spend a whole bunch of time going back and getting ready, coming back and forth. And that's where we become tired. That's where we become weary. That's where we become weak. That's where we become frustrated. And the reason is that we hadn't taken the opportunity to get ready. And all you got to do is get ready and study the word. That's all you got to do. Get ready. TDJ said, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. All you got to do is study the word of God. If you study the word of God, then you can put the word into, into practice. You can make the word work. Faith without works is dead. You can make the word work. And then in the midst of you making the word work, then watch God work. Watch God provide for you. Because you've done everything that you've had to do. The storm isn't stressful unless you make it stressful. The storm isn't a struggle unless you make it a struggle. Because the Bible says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not get tired. They shall walk and not grow weary. But the catch is they have to be waiting on the Lord. It's the word of God for the people of God. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you.